Once you start working location independent, that means you have this ultimate freedom to choose where you want to be. And that brings you back to your intention. So all the time you have to ask yourself, what do I want to experience now and how and where? Those kind of connections are really special and unique. It's like when you have a shared experience with someone, it really brings you closer together. So imagine you're experiencing a new country together. That's something to remember, right? As far as the podcast go, on those journeys, I just met incredible people and founders of unique projects and thought leaders and some scientists. And having those conversations with those people, I just felt like I have to pay it forward. I want to share that knowledge. I want to show what people, people what else is out there. How, how can different real estate look like? Uh, what happens when we actually have the intention of reshaping the way that people live and work and connect. And today's guest is Adi Cohen, helping change makers and innovators build dream projects worldwide as an architect, visionary, TEDx speaker and world traveler. Hi Adi, thanks so much for joining us. Where are you calling from? Hi, hi everyone. I'm calling from Tel Aviv today, Israel. Brilliant. Now, mm-hmm. can you tell us something that you're both good at and love doing? Something, a passion that drips out of you? I guess that's the, that has to be the combination between uh, traveling and creating. So architecture while being on the road. Brilliant. It just sounds like my dream job. It really does. Now to get straight to the inspiration, could you tell us who is one of your biggest inspirations and why? You know, it's not that I, I don't follow a lot of, let's say, famous people, so to say. I'm really more interested in real stories and real people. So every time I see someone doing something that is extraordinary or that is out of the, you know, just the normal path of doing things, this is where I get inspired the most. Yeah. So just people like you and me, I guess. Yeah. Okay. Any examples of that you're allowed to share? Sure. Uh, So being part of the nomadic tribe, you'll meet a lot of entrepreneurs and people who are doing things completely different. Uh, One of them, let's say my friend Idausa, is this brilliant guy that has a very unique way of of seeing things, of seeing businesses and, you know, work-life balance and his own mission in the world. And he's one of those people that every time I speak to him I just feel like I learned something new and I'm so grateful to have people like this in my life Uh, so for example yeah it's just a friend (laughs) and so I love traveling and I've got a inkling an idea of what this more nomadic lifestyle is but could you in a nutshell summarize what 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 that is, is that kind of living somewhere for a few months maybe and then moving somewhere else? Or And I'm guessing there's a number of people doing that and living in shared places. Is that, would they have got it right? Uh, more or less, right? So once you start working location independent, that means you have this ultimate freedom to choose where you want to be. And that brings you back to your intention. So all the time you have to ask yourself, what do I want to experience now and how and where? For example... Do I want to be in a big city where there are museums and music and in nature and meeting people one-on-one and having more in-depth connections? So living nomadic lifestyle is not only about, you know, working from your laptop in exotic bitches, having cocktails at noon. It's not about that. It's really about living intentionally 
And then the beauty of it is there are quite a lot of people nowadays that are doing that. Uh, so there is a community of people that usually follow the sun. <laughs> there are a few hubs around the world where it's kind of like known to be nomadic spots. And this is where you go and you can connect with other like-minded people. Um, because it does get lonely after a while if you just hang out with tourists who just come for a few days, uh, see, you know, just tick the boxes and go to the next destination. It's a completely different mindset of traveling slow, getting to know the place, getting to know the culture, also work, right? You go to co-working spaces, you meet other people. Sometimes you do shared living, like co-living and other formats of you know, meeting like-minded people, brainstorming with them. So it is being part of a change where we are not connected anymore to a workplace, a specific city or an office. And that allows you that kind of freedom that means you can ask yourself bigger questions than usual. I hope I explained it correctly. Yeah, no, that is brilliant. And I love, because one of the, my fears of when I think about, oh, would I like doing that, is that, you know, I've been so flighty for most of my life. I, I tend not to build enough new connections anywhere. But you, you're kind of saying that these places have taken that into consideration to the way they operate to some extent that, you know, living that lifestyle, you know, you're trying to cater for, for building that slightly longer-term connection with people who are also doing the same. So that is beautiful. So thank you so much for, for explaining sure, that. My aspect. pleasure, of course. And, you know, those kind of connections are really special and unique. It's like when you have a shared experience with someone, it really brings you closer together. So imagine you're experiencing a new country together. That's something to remember, right? Yeah, yeah. Powerful. So I've got a tiny bit more on your background here. So uh, I believe you went to Ariel University in Israel and you were studying architecture. And for a while you worked for some prestigious architectural firms. But at some point you realized there must be more to life than 10 hours a day behind a desk, which made you move towards this more, more nomadic lifestyle, but still working as an architect. And then you founded this new new movement and you've done a TEDx talk and now you've got your own podcast as well so could you tell us some of the things that inspired that journey <laughs> yeah it's quite a journey it's been five years since I started and actually the starting point of my journey was giving up was being disappointed from how the architectural lifestyle looked like you know for me as a creative person to be in an office every day. It feels like living the same day over and over again. And I was really unsatisfied. But if you look at it, I had everything that one's supposed to have and supposed to be happy. But I, I just couldn't help but wondering, is that all there is? Is that what life is about? Am I supposed to you know, just wait until I'm retired to enjoy Monday morning? And looking around me, everyone I work with, was kind of like, you know, burned out. And I couldn't imagine living like this. So the starting point of this journey was actually leaving architecture behind and going on this journey to see what else is out there in the world and what else, what other kind of lives can, can I live? I had some other ideas in mind, but for a while I, I just allowed myself to follow the unknown and see what happens. 
And then at some point, uh, people, that was after I already decided I'm not going to be an architect. <laughs> I met people who needed my services as an architect. And I was quite surprised, but then it happened again and again. And, and I realized that there is something about, um, so all of my clients are well-traveled. They see themselves as global citizens and they are, you know, usually start a project not in, in their origin country. So they go to a place, they fall in love and they want to start a project. And then they're looking for an architect that has both a global mindset but very respectful approach toward the local heritage and culture. So this is where I fit in. This is where the new movement fits in. So it comes like, you know, if you look at it, it's almost parallel between the copycat lifestyle and the copycat buildings that are what most offices in Israel are doing or around the world, right? It's more cost-effective. And me seeking that uniqueness of places or other paths or, you know, the places that you walk in and you just know that it's, it leaves something in you. It just, you feel drawn to it. And I couldn't help but thinking, what is that quality that some places have and how can I create those kind of places for my clients? And that, that led me also to founding the new movement. Um, and as far as the podcast go, on those journeys, I just met incredible people and founders of unique projects and thought leaders and some scientists. And having those conversations with those people, I just felt like I have to pay it forward. I want to share that knowledge. I want to show what people, people what else is out there. How, how can different real estate look like? Uh, what happens when we actually have the intention of reshaping the way that people live and work and connect and this is what my podcast is all about i, I mean you, you just got so many good things that really inspire me so thank you for sharing that and, and the new movement itself yeah is basically yeah, using architecture as a tool to enhance well-being to help people thrive basically using the built environment to maximize human potential so i mean that is just so powerful um <laughs> Thank you. Now, I love events that somehow dissolve barriers between people and make them feel more like they're on the same team. So, uh, like team human, I call it, you know, the one team human. Um, and I, I normally ask, did you have any inspiring events like that in your life that you could tell us about? But maybe I want to ask, because I noticed on some of your designs, like you've got circular, big circular seating areas which seem as though they might encourage more communal activity and I know we originally met on a, a, a co-living or um, rebuild conferences which are kind of trying to promote this more communal living model it, so in that whole space is there anything inspiring either a design or an event or something that that help dissolve barriers and bring people together you could tell us about uh, yeah, absolutely. So it seems like you're aiming somewhere. <laughs> so I'll go along with that. <laughs> so obviously, uh, Burning Man had a huge effect on the way I see uh, people gather. Uh, it is quite interesting to see the size of an experiment, uh, you know, having this temporary city and just see how people interact with each other and with the space and how people act when they have very little fear of the unknown you know when i arrived to birmingham 
I just felt like all of a sudden there are 70,000 people who are doing what I usually do. They wake up in the morning, they go out there and they see what happens, right? It's, you don't make any plans. You just go with the flow kind of thing. You just, you know, even if you, you know, plan to go to a certain concert, you're never going to, you're never going to get there because on the way something else will happen. And this is how I live my life. You know, I go one way to places, I travel, I meet other people, and then I'm able to say yes to different opportunities when they occur. But also, you know, those circular, what you mentioned, those sitting areas and just different patterns. So the way that we are neurologically wired, there are some patterns that we find ourselves attracted to. And one of the things that I research is exactly those areas of what do people find magnetic Right. So we do that a lot in marketing. We do that in A-B testing and, you know, supermarket, supermarket uh, behavior studies. Where do people look at and how can we maximize the profits and how to sell people more things that they don't need? <laughs> but I want to use the same tools, you know, cognitive psychology and evolutionary psychology and just understand how we're wired to actually makes us make us be closer to our full potential? How can we be more creative? How can we, you know, your body actually responds to the built environment, your blood pressure, your immune system, um, your hormone levels. So we can use that power for good or for evil. No, I'm just joking. (laughs) Not for evil, but we can use that power for good. And as an architect, I feel like it's my mission to create those kind of places that make people thrive. Wow. Why, Why else would we do it? What is the reason of creating those boxes for human beings other than helping them feel rested and inspired and creative and just like the best selves? And it's a journey. I don't have all the answers, but I study and study and study. And hopefully by the end, uh, you know, when uh, one day when I'll die, I have something to leave behind for others. And is the one or a building that you find quite inspiring, either a, a- you know, might be one that you've designed or planning to design or just might be one that you've visited, anything that you could share or or even not even a building, might be a a retreat center, a space, an area. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm not going to talk about my projects at the moment. It's just that, yeah, I, I feel very inspired when I go to different parts of the world that has its own architecture. It is very interesting to see, you know, we have global and Local. Global is when everything is having the attention of what an actual place uh, look like. What do people used to do before electricity was invented? Yes. You know, before shipping from China was a thing. How do you use the local resources and how the structures are being built and the techniques are being built in accordance to whatever is right for that region? Those kind of things excite me. I don't say that we have to imitate that. I actually say we don't, but we do have to be humble enough to learn from that. So whenever I go to an ancient city or visit an, you know, the, just like a different part of the world that is radically different from what I know, I just feel so alive. I feel so inspired. And I feel like my subconscious is just picking up on so many different details and levels Then later on I can... Uh, implement in my projects and in the work that we do at the new movement so these are the things that really inspires me the most thank you so much (laughs) right 
And now it's time for quickfire inspiration. Uh, could you tell us one of your most inspiring films? Films? Oh, I was not expecting this one. Um, hmm, nothing comes to mind. <laughs> okay. Not big on TV, no. to be honest. No, no. One of your most inspiring comedians. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. I'm just like not a... No, no, it's fair enough. <laughs> Or the most inspiring aspect of nature? Mm. Um, yeah, moon cycles. Right? You know, re- nature responds to to the moon in a very magical way. So I'd say the moon. One of your most inspiring songs? Mm, Pink Floyd. Uh, Shine on You, Crazy Diamond. Absolutely one of my favorites. And the most inspiring aspect of travel, I'm guessing, is your is just absorbing the architecture in a new space or is there anything else you want to add to that? Uh, getting lost in a new city, just strolling around without trying to get anywhere, just see where your gut feeling takes you. I find it to be an incredible experience. Oh, wow. Wow. That's, that's brilliant. Now for people who might be a bit at a low ebb or have forgotten how amazing they are and, you know, how things could be, it is a, any time that maybe you were at a low ebb and something managed to inspire you through uh, to, to the to the next stage? Mm-hmm. I guess that would be kindness of strangers or, you know, having a podcast and having stuff online and YouTube. I have one video there that I just keep getting responses, like emails and messages on Instagram from complete strangers. And it just really warms my heart and reminds me of my my mission and my purpose. Oh, that's beautiful. That is, and mm-hmm. it shows that it, you're on, must be on purpose because you're getting all that feedback. Um, so, so, so that <laughs> is, is great. And so what's next on the agenda for Adi and, and the new movement? Yeah, more, more, more of the, I don't want to say the same because each project is different, but having more impact, building more spaces for people to thrive in, uh, some collaborations, um, talks I, I i really enjoy talking and spreading the word we'll see yeah i i think not knowing is the best because it means that anything can happen um, I, I yeah I, I i need to learn how to do that more and <laughs> if people like myself are thinking well wait a minute i'd like to try this more nomadic living out but you know i don't know how i can leave my job or how i could possibly work from anywhere or find or retrain as something that I can work from anywhere. Is there either a resource or do you any, have any words of ad- advice just to to keep people going to, to investigate that a little bit more? Because for me personally, I'd be okay with the travel bit. I've done a, quite a bit of traveling and I enjoy that, but it's how to earn income while doing that. And yeah, any words of wisdom you might have in, in that space for people who don't have a job that can just immediately become, uh, you know, locationless? Yeah. Um, you know, being a nomadic architect is quite, quite unusual. It's not that it was there. Usually when you talk about nomads, it's uh, programmers, graphic design, um, you know, all, all the uh, marketing, digital marketing kind of services. Uh, but in order to be an nomadic architect, I needed to, it kind of happened, um, you know, organically. But it was also hard work to identify which 
part of architecture I can do remotely? Which part of architecture I'm most interested in? And where can I contribute the most? How am I going to, to impact people and places uh, using my skills? So for example, one thing that we don't do is licensing. Right, I don't do licensing projects. I I do. We do at the studio. We do the design and we detail the design. But then we have a local team that deals with licensing and execution. So collaborations and also find your. You know, they always say find your areas of expertise. But that, if we look at it from a nomadic perspective, so find the area that is location independent because every business it's so you can find any niche nowadays. I guess there is an aspect that you can do remotely. I have a friend, he's a nomadic lawyer, <laughs> right? That's not something that I thought that you could do, but hey, I think if the pandemic showed us something is that more people can work from home than we imagined. And working from home basically means working from anywhere. Yeah, because I've, I've been trying to think, I'm, I do the 3D virtual tours, like with the Matterport camera, a bit like Google mm-hmm. Street View. And uh I've been trying to think how I can make that more <laughs> locationless. And I, I'm thinking it's because people can now use their phones to, to capture their own space. And maybe if I can facilitate more people that didn't realize they can, you know, almost bring their own personal space into the metaverse if they wanted to, that might be something I could do in that. Sp- anyway, sorry, I'm daydreaming. That's a bit of one of my my, my dreams of how I, I might, yeah, yeah, could you? It's good. If if this gets you to dream, it means we're on the right uh, track. Yeah, thank you for that. <laughs> so well, we're coming towards the end now. Um, what is most right in the world? Mm, the changes that we see nowadays where so many people are leaving their jobs. I think that's huge. I think when people not agree with the old work-life balance and they want to redefine that, I think that's really exciting. Yeah, yeah, thanks for that. And what is the next book on your reading list? That's an interesting one. It's called Women Don't Ask. Okay. So scaling my business nowadays, I have quite a lot of projects. I find myself negotiating quite a bit. And I don't even like to call that negotiation. I like to call it creative problem solving. You know, it means to keep make everybody happy. And there is quite a difference between men and women when it comes to uh, negotiation skills. And there's a book that I heard of called Women Don't Ask. So in order to do a su- successful negotiation, you have to be able to ask, what do you want? And as much as I feel like I'm well-trained in that, I think I still have more to, to learn. And I'm excited to read that book. And if people want to get in touch with you, how should they do that? A uh, great place to start is uh, the New Movement website. Um, it's the new mvt.com. Um, both also my LinkedIn page or my Instagram, it's uh, Nomad Architect Me. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty much all over the place, so they can choose where, uh, where is the best place for them. Yeah, yeah. Well, thank you so much for your nomadic design travel inspiration today. It's, it's, it's brilliant. Thank you for having me. I'm very happy to to spread the word and share some of my insights with others. Thanks for uh, making this show. That's very kind of you. Thank you. Adi's way of living really does have a big appeal for me. 
Here are our top 10 hits of inspiration from today. 1. Get inspired by people doing things on a different path to the normal way of doing things. 2. Get inspired by the nomadic tribe and how this way of life might give you a totally different view. 3. Get inspired by the fact that you can create a position where your work is location independent. Maybe finding a niche in your own specialism that is locationless, where you can be totally free. Free to ask yourself bigger questions than usual. 4. Get inspired by living intentionally and the growing number of people doing this, leaving their jobs to address their work-life balance. 5. Get inspired by travelling slow, getting to know the culture, connecting with others in co-working and co-living spaces. And 6. Get inspired by how these new connections can be extra special from sharing the experience of living in a new country. 7. Get inspired by Ada's new movement combining a global mindset and citizenship with a respectful approach to local heritage and culture to design to maximize human potential. 8. Get inspired by those unique spaces that you feel drawn to and that leave something inside of you and maybe the opportunity to be involved in creating these kinds of spaces. 9. Get inspired by the opportunity to reshape the way people live. 10. Get inspired by Burning Man Festival where lots of people there just go out and see what happens. Going with the flow, with little fear of the unknown. 11. Get inspired by using cognitive psychology and research on what people find mind magnetic for this to be used as tools to maximize human potential and creativity. 12. Get inspired by architectural and building methods that are unique and right for a particular location. They're totally different from where you are from. But what we can learn from this on a global level? 13. Get inspired by moon cycles. And finally, 14. Get inspired by getting lost in a new city and just seeing what turns up. Thanks for joining me today. Watch out for news on our new group. Thank you everyone for listening today. Your kind attention is really appreciated and valued. If you feel some inspiration from today's episode, please share it. And please leave us a review on iTunes. And if you wish, leave us some comments. In your comments, please let us know any inspirational subjects you'd like us to cover. As I aim to build a bank of both inspiration and stories of events that inspired close connection between groups of people. If you have something to share in this space, send me an email at inspiringteamhuman at gmail.com. Thanks again. Look forward to seeing you next week for another boost of inspiration. Thanks to Ben Sound for the music.